0: Welcome to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson. You'll notice a refreshed music palette for the show. I've gone through and added new music for the show. All right, well, anyway, uh, that comes courtesy of Mark Tychert, the same artist who has written our music for, or mm, I found his music for use in Shakedown, and hopefully we'll be seeing that again sometime this year. Anyway, welcome to The Long Journey Home. I'm your host, Corbin Johnson. This is the third news edition for Wednesday, January 1st, 2014. I wasn't going to do an episode today, but I thought I would go ahead and do one. First up is the news. What came through the wire last night is we are apparently looking for a new first edition brand manager. I believe Jordan was the brand manager for a while. uh, He is gone out at this point. They're looking for a volunteer to spend five hours a week working on the logistics of the first edition department, including scheduling, resource management, staff management, information flow. The ideal candidate will be detail-oriented, good with time management, and an excellent communicator. So, if you are interested in that job, get in touch with Charlie, and he'll want to know what the th- some interesting information from you, and he's hoping to get someone or get several applications in by Sunday, January nineteenth. So, the sooner the better on that. Coming up on January seventh at ten p.m. on YouTube, John Corbett, our very own Killer Bee, is hosting a new podcast called The Discard Pile. His first guests will be Neil Timmons and Nick Yankovic. And on the 21st of January, uh, presumably at the same time, we'll have Richard New and Ben Hospon. And uh, who knows what they'll be talking about, but um, the show is supposed to be uh, late-night theme-oriented, so it's probably going to be, I don't know, like a talk show, I'm guessing. And since it's John Corbett, uh, you know. He's an awesome guy, Uh, we'll leave it at that. All right, Uh, let's move on to our top five list. So I'm going through every first edition set and picking my top five favorite cards from the set. And next up was alternate universe. So I'm looking here and I'm seeing that I actually had six cards. I couldn't come up with five that I thought were good enough. I thought a sixth card was necessary to round out the whole thing. So at number six is Davidian Door. Of course Davidian Door, right? That's an iconic card from the early life of first edition where you can essentially play cards for free. So there wasn't much in terms of, well, I guess there was Yellow Alert because players were playing with Red Alert, and everyone was playing with Red Alert, so why play with Davidian Door when you can just play with Red Alert? Well, I guess Yellow Alert came out, and that was a card that said, no, you cannot play Red Alert, and there was always Kevin Uxbridge to get rid of any uh, events on the table, so Davidian Door came in and said, you can play a card for free, but you have to show this from hand later on, and it got pretty abusive. It was a rare card, and I think, you know, 1995, it was definitely kind of uh, an early time in first edition where rare cards were, I'm, I'm assuming Decipher didn't think people could collect multiple copies of certain cards, so that's just how it went. All right, anyway, uh, number five is Cryo Satellite. That's a, the first artifact that allowed another artifact to seed with it, and three people could be seeded, and this was in the days before People had massive amounts of seed cards to play other than Outposts and Dilemmas, so this seemed like a no-brainer to seed this in space and get some people and spend those seed slots on guys. So, yeah, it's a a great card. Number four is Conundrum. That's a Dilemma that still sees a lot of play, and um, Integrity greater than 40 is, is not terribly easy for some affiliations, especially Romulan. So, um, forcing you to go and go attack an opponent. Now, it got a little bit of rules nerfedness uh, earlier this year with uh, the announcement that you wouldn't need to chase an opponent in an opposing quadrant. So, uh, that's, you know, that's fine. It's still a powerful card, and it, it definitely has some legacy in Star Trek. Number three is Lower Decks. Uh, very popular in the block because... It most of the personnel that could play for free were universal, and playing this card gave them a plus two bonus. So I don't think it's in block, but it is definitely uh, useful with the cards that came out in block, such as attentional hands. Number two, captain's log still sees a lot of play. Has been reprinted at least once in Voyager. It's a just a good card all around. And it you know when your com- commander is on a ship, all you of your shields and weapons plus three so you know a lot of play in armada decks is a very popular card number one i don't think a lot of people are going to agree with this but i definitely had to go with this the higher the fewer because of it's still a very popular dilemma seen today that forces you to lose points now i've said before on the show the points don't matter but when you go with 15 people and this is what you hit and you lose 15 points that can be the end of the game for you so very important card in the game That's my top five of the Alternate Universe cards. Next time on the show, we'll be covering the top five cards in Q Continuum. Let's move on to our Forum Matters segment. So, included in the forums, at least for the discussions of this show, is our blog role, if you will. There's people who can write blogs if they have a premium membership. And one of the more interesting blogs I saw was from the Mad Vulcan. He is reviewing every first edition expansion in his blog. And I think he's all the way up to OTSD at this point. And his blogs are kind of interesting to just read what he thinks about each of the sets. So I encourage you to go check out his blogs on these sets. I think they're pretty cool. And he also has done other blog entries. One of them was uh, First Edition by the Numbers. And he also has a hit list of people he wants to defeat in a tournament. Unfortunately, I'm not on there, but there are several interesting players on there. So I encourage you to go check out his blog. It's a very interesting read. So, uh, yeah, uh, go check it out. All right. And as we end every show of the Long Journey Home with our new news segment, we like to do a philosophy uh, segment. So next up is our philosophy segment. So we call it the philosophy of Trek, and this is a tribute to Mark Rosewater's Creativity Podcast. So today we are going to be comparing running a tournament to being the theoretical starship captain of a starship, running a ship. So uh, this this one's probably the easiest of the two ideas that I think could be compared, but maybe because it's so easy, we can dig into this a little more deeply. So on Star Trek, my favorite captain is Picard, because he runs a tight ship, you know, more so than Janeway, in my opinion. He's just a good leader, and he's a leader that I think any manager can look up to. He always he, he cares about his crew, but not to the extent that he's chummy with them. It takes seven years for him to go play poker with his senior staff. How unchummy can you get? He has, you know, he has breakfast with with Beverly every so often, and, you know, whatever, and he, he dates Neela Darren in one episode, and that's kind of a weird episode, but uh, he's not very chummy, and that, I think, kind of aloofness, kind of up in the clouds sort of attitude makes for a good leader, so, but uh, at the same time, you know, you look at disaster, and he interacts with those children, and Uh, he's able to, you know, even, even children who he, who he hates throughout the entire series, he is able to, I mean, he gets better, right? And that's kind of a character progression for him. He is able to round up these three kids and turn them into his crew and they're able to get out of a weird situation. So being, uh, running a ship requires you to be a good leader, first of all, and running a tournament often requires you to make hard decisions, right? So, um, so, for, well, you have to be a good leader, right? So, when you run a tournament, you can, you can make it very lax. And if you don't have the authority over your players to kind of make tough calls and make reasonable, make, make your players reasonably sure about those calls, you know, at least thumb through the glossary, at least realize that you, ch- you have to try to be impartial and fair. And you want to make sure that players want to come back and they, wanna, are, they, they think it's a safe environment to be creative with their Star Trek and bring weird decks, and hopefully they can rely on you to make the right call when it comes... So that's really what it comes down to, right? As a, as a tournament director, you have to make the right call when tough calls come up. Knowing the rules of the game is, is something that's essential, right? You have to know how to command a ship. You know, that's just how the ship runs. You have to know that. You have to know the game. But you have to, and then you have to follow the rules. You have to bring pads. You have to track everyone's scores. You have to keep watch of time. And there's, there's a small subset of things you just have to do as a tournament director. And any captain has to, and anyone, any, and you can do that. It's easy. You know, essentially what I'm saying is anyone can command a starship if you think about those things. It's the next level, it's the being a good leader that is really the tough part. And, because you're going to have to make tough calls as the game's progress. And I've had players, you know, want to quit halfway through because because of the rules, right? But I had to reassure them, "Hey, I'm sorry, you know, that is the you know, their ship blows up." And then they go, "Oh my god. My ship blows up. There's nothing I can do. I'm quitting and I'm leaving the tournament because I don't want to play this game anymore. This game is stupid." Now, you can try to salvage the situation. I mean, you know, players are going to leave, and that sort of thing happens. It's just how it goes, and you have to be prepared for these situations. And that's part of being a good leader. But you have to remember that everyone's human at your, at your games, and you're trying to instill just a, a, a level of fun for everyone. So when these situations happen, you 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 know you have to be firm. You say yes, yes, that is true, and you know your ship does blow up, and I'm sorry, and you are allowed to quit if you like, but. If you leave, someone's going to get a buy, and, you know, we, we, we want you to have fun, and, you know, now you're aware of this. Hopefully next time you can prepare for it, but, you know, um, of course you're, hap- you're welcome to leave, but just consider, consider the implications of what's going to happen, and I'd really like you not to. You know, you think about, think about that episode where Worf has DNA that can help the Romulans survive, right? And Captain Picard implores him, please give your DNA up. And Worf's like, "I'll only do it if you order me." And Picard's like, ah, "I'm not gonna order you, but come on, I beg you, please help him out as a as a human being or as as a I guess as a as a humanoid as a person. Please help him out." So Picard respects his wishes and says, "It's okay. I'm I'm just gonna you know I have to let it go, and you know history might be made today." Uh, I mean, you're not going to make history at Star Trek tournaments. If it's a world championship, that's a whole other thing. And I'm not, I am not—I don't feel like I'd be ready to run a whole world championship. And I feel there's, you know, but you kind of have to, you know, rise up the ranks. You run a few local tournaments, you run a regional, and then, you know, you work your way up. And and then you start to realize that there is a little bit more pressure. You've got more people. You've got to realize that there are more moving parts. And if you're going to play in it, you really shouldn't be playing in your world championship that you're trying to run. But... Uh, you can run your nationals if you're very confident that you can keep an eye on the clock and rule on everything and just make sure everything goes smoothly because at the end of the day Star Trek is about having fun and making sure that it is a fun welcoming environment so uh, Starfleet's different right you You have a ship to run, you have missions to do, explore and all that. You gotta keep the mission going, but it's not that different. You you know, your mission is to have fun as a captain. Your mission is to make sure that people live at the end of the day, I mean at the bare minimum, but that your duty gets done and that whatever Starfleet asks you to do gets done. And so, it's all about making sure things run smoothly and that people are having fun. So, I'll end my philosophy statement there. Uh, Let me remind everyone that this is an open Podcast. If you have any interesting ideas uh, or top five lists or articles or just thoughts or anything, you can call me at 267 call CPJ and leave me a voicemail, and I may use your voicemail in an upcoming episode of this show. And you're welcome to email me a sound file from two to five minutes uh, talking about whatever you like at corbinjohnson at me.com, and I'll happily play this on the show for you. So until next time, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, Expect another show Friday, January 3rd, uh, 2014. And until then, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share alike 3.0 Unported License. To find out more about that license, visit creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash sa slash 3.0 Our theme music is Space Ace by Mark Teicher. Other songs included are Inspiration and Mission Briefing by Mark Teicher. Our outro song is "Teleporter" by Dungeon Kimura. You can find out more about these artists at Jamendo.com, J-A-M-E-N-D-O.com, and each of those is released under the same or similar Creative Commons licenses as this podcast.